0: Some internal polling I got shared with about the green belt. It's really bad for the Ford government, and they often react to polling. They do that, and I'm actually I, I want to give them political credit sometimes because they do walk things back. We just saw that with the notwithstanding clause, and then all of a sudden they dust themselves off. People forget about it, but then there's four or five other things. In the mix right now, and um, and Bill Twenty Three is still going to be controversial. The More Homes Built Faster Act, which was introduced October twenty fifth, pushed through the legislature, and um, and by the way, like there's there's I I don't think this fight is over yet. I don't think it's impossible that there's a modification from Doug Ford and and the, uh, and the housing minister, Steve Clark, to walk this back slightly because then you can go deep in a negotiation and then say, well, I'll walk this part back. And then people again shrug their shoulders and say, well, they compromised. Well, they acquiesced. We'll see if indeed that's true, but it's going to stay an issue for a good chunk of uh, of the winter and the spring. There is no doubt about that. Margaret Proffitt uh, is with the Ontario Green Belt Alliance, and she's kind enough to join us on Toronto Today right now. Hey, thanks for letting us reach out and, and get you on. Um, it's an important topic, and it's one a lot of people are passionate about.
1: Yeah, thanks, Greg, for having me on. Absolutely, the green belt is uh, one of the most loved uh, provincial policies that uh, Ontarians know, and in fact, they don't even know it as a policy anymore. It's transcended that to become uh, mean a lot more to people about legacy, about future, and about uh, the kind of a kind of world we want to leave for future generations.
0: I noticed even um, uh, architects have weighed in and noted there's close to 90,000 acres uh, within the GTA that's zoned and ready for development. And that doesn't count anything on the green belt. So this isn't about the, the fact that we have enough land. We do without touching the green belt. This must be about developers valuing that land more. It's near the water. It's in a more uh, rural environment. That, that That has to be the reasoning behind this.
1: Yeah, well, that's what that's what we think. I mean, to be fair, some of this land was only purchased, uh, you know, in the last last year. And uh, when a land flips from a protected uh, zoning such as greenbelt lands to something like urban use, the the price of that property, even if you don't do anything with it, increases uh, hundreds of percent in value. So, you know, if if it was about housing, you would be putting it mm-hmm. in places where you've got plans already, you've got servicing already, you've got you know things that are ready to go with the municipalities so in some of the places um where the where the green belt uh has been removed some of the municipalities are saying we can't even afford to build there we can't even afford the servicing to get out there markham was one of those places so um it makes you wonder you know if you're really thinking about housing then you should be thinking about places where people aren't going to have to drive over god's green earth to get anywhere that there's going to be jobs and services nearby not in the middle of farm fields and wetlands.
0: Yeah, if people have always wanted to live um, near the water, I'm I'm in Ajax, but I know people in in Burlington. I know people that, that live in, you know, Uh, mississauga even even in the beaches more more in the city proper and they value that being able to get to parks being able to get to um the water that said it's you know there's always going to be um things that have to be disrupted for progress but we are talking about valuable ecosystems we're talking about farmland as well and we talk about the future of food and the future of our economy the farmland's one of the big things margaret that jumps out at me that i'm concerned about
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you start thinking about, you know, you're just talking there a little bit about weather, um, when you start thinking about this deep freeze that's coming, um, they were, they were saying that there's places that have agriculture all year round, places down in California that are going to be frozen. I mean, think about Mm. how much of our food comes from places outside of Canada, right? How many times Mm. do you see on the, on the grocery store stickers, it comes from California or it comes from, uh, China or, or Southern, Southern America, right? Like, um, it's uh, it's one of those things that that once you once you pave it, it's gone. People don't realize that farmland takes centuries of years of of geological processes to build. It's not just dirt; it's it's layers of microbes and and different types of soils that allow it to grow things. So you you remove a hundred you know years, two hundred years worth of of process that that helps build bring our food to us. You can't just replace that <clears throat> with uh, mm. with somewhere else, right? It's so it is a valuable resource and it's finite.
0: Margaret uh, Proffitt's our guest on Toronto Today. Uh, She's executive director of the Simcoe County Greenbelt Coalition. Was this something you were you were always worried about with um, with with this particular government, even as far back as 2018? Um, He did make a Doug Ford did make a promise and the cameras caught it and the audio caught it that he wouldn't touch the greenbelt. Yeah, it
1: it was something I mean. Frankly, that since the Green Belt has been around, there's always been private interests and developers that wanted to get into it. So this isn't uh this isn't something that we've we've just been recently vigilant on. I mean, I was there when uh um, Kathleen Wynne's government was looking at what they were gonna do with the Green Belt. They received over 300 and some odd applications to cut into the green belt, a lot of those applications those bigger requests are ones that are being granted now those were denied at the time so we've been vigilant for a while when when doug ford made his promise there was hope um, that he was going to keep it such as you know he said i'm not going to touch the green belt i've heard from the people i've heard from the folks i'm going to do what the people Mm -hmm. say that's my job to listen to the people the people don't want the green belt touched and so we're really hopeful that that was going to going to last and for his last term you know, there were lots of opportunities for him to cut into the green belt and, he, and to his credit, he didn't. And, um, we were kind of worried with a second mandate and feeling much more confident in the polling and much more confident with, with his political position that he was going to take more chances. And, uh, obviously now this is what he's done. The, the large part is the, the, uh, the Durham region agricultural lands there, the Duffins Rouge. yeah. Um, that's, that's a big, big piece of, of property that's been fought over for a really long time. And it's been, to, to the credit of the people around, uh, been preserved. And now that's being um, given up to private interest to allow them to develop
0: I know Ajax, uh, Ajax's mayor, Pickering's mayor, have been very adamant, um, regardless of any prior political affiliation, that they don't want to touch. L- last thing for you, did the liberals always keep their promises about the Green Belt? Does, does Doug Ford have something there when he says, ah, you know, the Wynn governments, the McGinty governments, they dug into this area also? Is it possible to have progress in building in our province um, and, and house the people that are coming to our province without digging into it?
1: Well, I think what you said earlier is true, that there's not a shortage of land, even the the province's housing affordability uh, task force said there is no need to dig into the greenbelt to provide the amount of land that we need. And people have to realize that building on land that doesn't have plans, doesn't have servicing, just takes an extra long time. So if we need housing now, we need housing in places where we can get it built quickly. The greenbelt is not a quick place to build it. It's not a cheap place to build it. You're not going to be getting, you know, affordable housing in the greenbelt. You're going to be getting McMansions. You're going to be getting things where most people can't afford that. Uh, they can't afford the drive to it. There's no jobs nearby. So absolutely, we can we can build the houses that we need to for to to give people a good quality of life. That's that's a reasonable cost, not this expensive McMansion uh, junk that's going to be planned in the greenbelt. We we just have to start building in places where we've already invested. Money into servicing and jobs and, and that sort of thing,
0: Margaret. It's an important issue. I care about it a ton, and and uh, and not just because it affects me geographically, but I care about the whole uh, whole infrastructure of it. Let's have more conversations about it in the new year. Thanks very much, and have a great holiday.
1: Yes, thanks, Greg.
0: You bet, Margaret Profit uh, from the Ontario Greenbelt Alliance.